I want to start with the Gemara. I'll read the Gemara, and it's not that I have a particular question on the Gemara. I think the whole Gemara is a question. Listen to a Gemara. It's a Gemara in Zvachim and Dafsamach Beis Amud Beis. And the Gemara says the following. B'nei Achte Drav Tarfon Aviyasu Kameh Drav Tarfon. The nephews of Rav Tarfon were sitting in front of Rav Tarfon. Rashi adds the words, They wouldn't say anything to him. Rav Tarfon couldn't try to speak to him, they kept quiet. So in the end, Pasach Vomar, Rav Tarfon begins to speak and he says, Avram went out again and he married a wife, and her name was Yechni. Um, really, so now his nephews eventually break their silence and they say to him, Keturah The Pasuk says, yeah, Avram went out and married a wife whose name was Keturah. Not Yechni. Kari Aleim Bnei Keturah. So Raftar from called his nephews Bnei Keturah. That's the end of the Gemara. And the question is, what in the world is this Gemara talking about? What was the idea of Raftar from so to speak, making up a false pasuk, and when his nephews correct him, he calls them Bnei Keturah. What's the idea? What's it meant to mean? So let's first learn the parish in the Torah. We know that after Sari Menu dies, Avram busies himself in Pasha's Chayisara, finding a wife for Yitzchak. And we know he's successful, Eliezer comes back with Rivka, Yitzchak marries her. They settle down and the bracha returns to the tent of Yitzchak and Rivka. And then the parasha tells us Avram goes out again to remarry and he remarries Keturah. And together with Keturah he has a number of children. And then the pasuk tells us that Avram gave gifts to his children. And he sent them away to the east while Yitzchak was still alive. Now, let's consider it an axiom that Avram's life wasn't random incidents. Avram didn't do things just because he felt like it. Avram's life was one uninterrupted path of Avodah Hashem. And what Avram did was always with the intention of this is how I'm serving Hashem. Not only that, if it's important enough for the Torah to tell us about it, so it's not something random which happens in Avram's life. It's something of enough significance that the Torah dedicates a whole parish to talking to us about it. And one more point. Avram at this stage wasn't a young man. When Avram marries Keturi, he was 140. And if that's the case, if he's still able to have a number of children, this is a tremendous nest. And as the principle we always say, nisim don't happen for nothing. So with all those points in mind, let's start with the question. Why did Avram need to marry Keturah? He already had Yitzchak. He had the son who was going to be the continuation of Ka Yisrael. 
What was he looking for more children for? Secondly, having had these children, we don't find that Hashem instructs him to send them away like he instructed Avram to send away Yishmael. It seems Avram chose on his own to send them away. Why would he do that? You could give them gifts if you wanted to and leave them where they were in Eretz Yisrael. He could have instructed that Yitzhak would be his sole inheritor without sending away his other children. And lastly, what was the point of what the, the, of the gift that he gave and the Torah makes special mention of? I could call these questions, but I prefer to call them pointers to show us that there's something deeper about the story of the Avram and the sons of Keturah that's hiding beneath the surface. And just one final reference. We know that even though Avram, when he was instructed in the midst of Brismila, so he also circumcised his son Yishmael. But the Rambam Paskins that there's no mitzvah for future generations of the children of Yishmael to have a bris. When Hashem told Avram, that Yitzchok would be considered your progeny, your descendants, that came to exclude Yishmael. And therefore, when the bris of Avram was meant to be made with his descendants in the future, it meant only the descendants of Yitzchak. But the Rambam Paskans, and you can look it up, in the end of Hilchus Melachim, that Beneik Torah Achayv in Brismeda. Yishmael not, they were excluded, but we don't find that the Beneik Torah were excluded. And therefore, the Rambam Paskans that the Benektor are still chayv to have a bris. Which means they're part of Hashem's covenant with Avram. And what does this mean? What does this all mean? So I'd like to suggest the following approach. Avram's greatest dream, Avram's greatest goal in life was to establish the nation which would be the nation of Avdi Hashem. To have a son who would continue his work. And that the revelation that Avram Avinu brought to the world wouldn't die with his passing but would continue through his son and his descendants forever. That's what Avram was davening for and that was the guarantee Hashem made to him. And that was the fulfillment in the birth of Yitzchak. And Avram Avinu brings up Yitzchak to be the next link in the chain. To be the continuation of the nation of Hashem. And when do we say Avram has completed, so to speak, that primary mission that he set for himself? When Yitzchak is married and Yitzchak has set up his own home and now Avram is confident that Yitzchak will continue in his path and Yitzchak will be the next link 
in Klal Yisrael. Avram achieved his mission. But a Tzadik like Avram doesn't retire feeling success and waste the rest of his life. Having now ensured the continuation of Klai Yisrael, so Avram turns his focus back to the other great goal that Avram had set for himself. And that was to bring the entire world to the recognition of Hashem. From his younger years, Abram had already gathered people to teach them, to explain to them, to convince them of the Yamuna. The Rambam at the beginning of Hilchasavah he talks about how there were tens of thousands of people, followers of Abram, who he had convinced of the truth of the Yamuna and they believed in Hashem. And Avram longed for the day where the whole world would come to that recognition. And originally, the way Avram Avinu set about to do that was to discuss it with people and to convince them and to prove to them and to show them the truth of Imana. But what happened to all those people? What happened to those tens of thousands of followers who had been convinced by Avram? We don't find that they left descendants and began new, tra- cha- new chains of generations which were loyal to Torah. As individuals, they may have been inspired, but their inspiration faded, and their descendants went back to being the same pagan idolaters that they were before. Avram, however, hadn't given up. Avram still dreamed of the plan to bring the whole world to Hashem. And for that, I'd like to suggest Avram devised a new plan to do that. And what was Avram's second strategy? How to bring the new world, the whole world to Hashem? This was by Marin Kutur. By having more children. And then, by bringing up his children with their mana, as children who had grown up in the house of Avram. And then, sending them out. But for what? If it had just been to convince the nations of the world that Hashem is the creator of Rome did the best job of convincing anybody. But he saw it's not something to last. As much as someone's convinced, their society or their culture is going to have a stronger effect on them and they're going to revert to whatever the society or their culture was. And therefore, Avram thinks of a different plan. And I'd like to introduce it with a marshal which is really a marshal brought in the Midrash in a completely different context. But I think we can use it here as well. And tells a story 
of a wealthy man who goes overseas to develop his business, increase his wealth. He leaves his family behind. And he goes abroad, he's extremely successful there. But, nevertheless, while he's still overseas in a foreign country, he contracts an illness, he gets too weak to travel home, and he realizes that he's going to die in this foreign country. Maybe surrounded by all his money, but distant from his family. He doesn't want his wealth to fall into the hands of whoever grabs it first. He wants to make sure it's going to be kept for his family. But how's he going to do that? He doesn't have people that he can trust in this foreign country to look after the money and deliver it safely to his own children. So what the wealthy man decides to do, he finds a place to hide all his wealth. And then, he thinks of a code which will describe where the wealth is. And before he dies, he tells the people around him, you all know I'm extremely wealthy, I want to tell you where my money is being hidden. And he tells them the code words. The people hear the words, they don't understand what it means, but they know that this is a key the secret to wherever the treasure is. And they remember the words, the code, but they're unable to understand its meaning, they're unable to work with its intention. And so the wealth remains untouched for many years. Until... No. Eventually, his children grow up and they make the journey to that same foreign country where their father had been so successful and had later died. And when they arrive, they ask if anybody knew knew of their father, knew of his wealth, and people tell them, yes, he died. He left this enigmatic code of where the money is. No one could work out where it is. So of course the children ask, tell us, what did the code words, what did he say? And the local people who had no idea what the words meant, tell them, this is what your father said. And based on that, the children understand what the code is meant to mean, and they can successfully locate where the money is being kept, and they can retrieve it. Like I said, the Midrash talks about a motion like that in a different context. But I'm using the same motion to explain a point. And that is, Avram's machshava was to convince people of Imuna when it's against, against the backdrop of a culture and a history which is antithetical to that Imuna. It's not going to work. And therefore what he decides to do is he's going to bring up his children, the sons of Keturah. He's going to give them these gifts and send them to distant places in the world. And the gifts he gave them were either certain forms of wisdom, 
or the Gemara seems to say Shemus Betumah, which means certain abilities that they had, which they didn't have to be on a level of Kedusha to use. And that way, they would travel to distant countries, they were introduced this Chachma to the people of those countries, and of course, they would the, the the people of the countries that they would go to would learn from them this chachma and would become part of the tradition of the country. This would become the so to speak the the level of learning of understanding the knowledge that country possessed. And therefore, it wasn't that he sent the sons of Keturah away as a punishment. It wasn't an instruction from Hashem to chase them out of the house. It was part of the plan. That they would be given this information, they would be used to, so to speak, sow this information into distant empires, foreign kingdoms, who would learn the wisdom that they had learned from the sons of Avram. They would pass it down and would become part of the national, so to speak, awareness of those countries. Until, until eventually, even if they knew the various chachmas that had been given to them, they didn't understand the depth of them. They didn't understand what the source of that chachma was until eventually the descendants of Yitzchak would be able to interpret to them, for them what the understanding and the source of that chachma really was. And then they would see that that wisdom that they had passed down so faithfully from generation to generation, the code words that they had learnt, were really a, an indicative of a much greater wisdom. But now because what they had was, so to speak, part of their national of knowledge, something which was part of their Messiah, if you want to call it that, so Avram felt this way when they understand that that which they always considered their knowledge was really rooted in Torah, that would be a way to bring them to an appreciation of Emunah, which would be more long-lasting. It wasn't something different to their own culture. It wasn't something different to their own understanding. It was rather an explanation of things that they thought was always their knowledge. That was the plan. That was the plan in having the sons of Torah, they weren't meant to be a, a new Klai Yisrael. Yitzchak was admirably suited for the job. It was meant to be the ones who were going to go out and bring the rest of the world to a recognition of Hashem. And that's why Avram intended to send them out. He intended to give them the gifts of that wisdom, of that knowledge, which they would take with them to foreign countries. In the hope that one day, that knowledge would be interpreted by the sons of Yitzchak and shown to the, and, and would, he would show those people that this was all rooted in Emunah in Torah and that would be the way which would bring those people to a recognition of Torah. And for that, Hashem did the nest. And gave Avram children even at such an old age to implement the mission.
That's from the Torah's perspective. Just as an aside, I saw quoted a Chinese history book because it's really an enigma. On the one hand, the Chinese were an incredibly backward culture. Until less than a hundred years ago, they were still tilling their rice paddies like they had people were doing in the medieval times. It was a very undeveloped and backward country. And on the other hand, they were known to have a lot of wisdom. Where did it come from? So someone showed me an excerpt from a Chinese history book. And that is that they have a tradition of people who came from far away to teach the leaders of the country, the king and his princes, great knowledge. And that became where the Chinese knew their knowledge from. And if we can then combine the Torah's account with their own history, those foreigners from far away who came to teach them knowledge would be the sons of Keturah, the sons of Avram who he sent for that purpose. And how did see the other side of the story? Who was the descendant of Avram Avinu that he had in mind that was actually able to do that job? And the answer is Shlema Melech. And the Pasuk explains this clearly. The Pasuk talks about the Chachma of Shlema and it says that Chachma Shlema, Vatarev Chachma Shlema, Mikol Chachmas Yisraim, or Mikol Chachmas Bnei Kedem. Shlema's wisdom was more than all the Chachma of those people of the East. The people of the East, whether it's talking about China or India or wherever countries are referred to as the East, that Avram sent the Bnei Keturah to, with the wisdom that he told them, Shlomo's wisdom was greater than all the wisdom of the East. And it doesn't just mean he was wiser than they were, but rather, that his wisdom was a new level of understanding. It was a depth of the wisdom that the, the people of the East had. It was understanding the wisdom that they had been taught from Avram, in the context of the wisdom of the Torah. And that's why the second verse, I'm quoting from Malachim Parakei, it says, Shlema was a Chachem from all people. May Eisen HaEzrachi. And Eisen HaEzrachi is a title that Midrash tells us there, the Yalkut of Avram Avinu. Shlema was Vayachem from Avram Avinu. That was a Chachem that he got, and that made him wiser than the people of the East. He could use their Chachma. But in, explain it in terms of the depth of the Chachma. You could unlock the code. And Avram's intention was that that would bring those people to realize that the Chachma which they had considered their own was really just a part of the Chachma of the Torah. And that was Shlomo's general mission. To bring the whole world to the recognition of the Torah, of Hashem. Now, if that was Avram's plan, so there need to be two conditions to, for it to work. Without them, the plan is going to fail. The first condition is that those people who are going to be used to transmit the information from door to door have to be able to have to be able to hold on to, so to speak, the information they have, transmit it accurately. 
you have to know how to keep it, keep it, look after it, and not lose it, and not mix it up. Otherwise, it's not going to, it's not going to have any meaning. It's going to get forgotten. It's going to get confused. That's the first condition for it to work. The second condition for it to work is that the people who are going to transmit this not understood code, this chachma, which was doesn't doesn't come with the explanation. They're not going to invent an explanation of their own. They're not going to try to make up, so to speak, a false and a false basis in order to explain that information. Because then that's going to turn it into a vayrezar. It's going to invent a system of whatever people would concoct to explain the knowledge they had, and it's going to become witchcraft. It's going to become a vayrezar. And therefore, Avram was looking for a wife who possesses these two good qualities. Somebody who's not who's able to keep something to look after it, to guard it, and somebody who's not going to falsify it. And that's what he found in Keturah. Rashi tells us two reasons why she was called Keturah. The first one is from the word Keturahs. The second one is from the word Kshura, which means tied, guarded. And those are the two qualities that Ra was looking for. The idea of a Kshura, someone who could keep something guarded, safe, hidden. And the idea of the Kshuras. The Kshuras is something which was used to dispel the Koyach of the Ra. To chase away the Malachim And the same idea over here is that the, the quality of Keturah was somebody who wouldn't use the knowledge they had to connect it to the Koyach of Ra, whether it was of a desire or Kishof. And that's how Ra marries Keturah. She has the qualities he was looking for that he wanted to instill in his children. The reason why the plan hasn't worked is because those people of the East made this mistake. And rather than keeping it just as information without an explanation, they turned it into Keshav, they turned it into Avodazar. And that's how when the Navi in Yeshai complains about the Jewish peoples being involved in sorcery and witchcraft, in Yeshai Perek Beis he says, that they got it from the Far East. They were the ones who trans, trans, translated the, the Chachma that they were given by Abraham Avinu into Keshuf, into falsehood. And as a result, it wasn't that they were left with a code to something they didn't understand. And we look for an explanation and then see that this was the real MS which they would which they didn't yet know. But once they had falsified it and seen it as something which was a part of, it, of a desire of a, of a witchcraft, of a sorcery. So then it was something which not that it wasn't understood, it was something being misunderstood.
Now let's go back to the Gemara. Rav Sheshis' two nephews were sitting in front of him. And they didn't say anything to him. Rav Sheshis therefore begins to talk to them. And he says, Avram Avinu married a lady and her name was Yechni. What does the name Yechni mean? So Rav Sadek and Pritzadik points out a number of times Yechni is the name of the head magicians. The head magician of Mitzrayim was called Yechni in other places as well. And Rav Sheshis is referring to the fact that Avram's venture what had ruined it was that rather than the, his children or the people that learned from them having the minors of Keturah, somebody who could keep a secret and somebody who would prevent it becoming used for Koycha Sarah, they had used for Koycha Sarah. If that's the case, it was, the, so to speak, the attribute of Yechni, of the, of the sorcerer, of the wizard, which had uh, affected the mission that Abraham had set for those children. And why did Rav Sheshis feel it was the right thing to say? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, feel this was the right thing to say to his nephews. Because the Pasuk says they were sitting in front of him and didn't say anything. So Rav Tarifin wasn't sure. Was their silence a sign of ignorance? Or a sign of being able to hold on to what they knew? To guard what they knew without, without having to divulge anything. So he decided to test him. And so he quotes the Pasuk, he misquotes the Pasuk to see if they were, how much they knew. And of course they knew the answer. And told him the Pasuk says, B'nai Keturah. So Rathfarfan says, I see you do know something. And if that's the case, the fact that you keep him quiet is a maila of holding on to something without, having need, without needing to, so to speak, divulge information rather than a sign of ignorance, so he called them B'nai Keturah. Because the male of Keturah, one of them, was the fact that she was able to be kosher, to hold on to it, to tie up something and not share it. To guard the secret. But there's more depth than that. I think it's a very emistic explanation of the Gemara. But there's more depth here too. Avram also foresaw what the danger would be. Avram also foresaw that by teaching people things they don't understand, they're likely to forget, they're likely to misinterpret. What was the answer? And the answer is, Avram's intention was to share with them the covenant of Brismila. That would have protected them. Why? Because there's two parts to the Brismila also. The one part of the bris is the ability to hold on to a covenant, the ability to guard something. And that's like Hashem promised Avram that it will be the continuation of the bris between him and the Jewish people forever. And Avram thought that by giving or including the Bnei Torah in this covenant, so that's going to give them something which is going to be Shomer, Guard them as part of the, as so to speak, as part of the mission as well that the Jewish people have. And that way, that it will help them guard the mission that they have of transferring the chachmi gave them from one door to the next. 
That's the one point. The second point. The second point, like we know, that the point, the the concept of the bris is like the Shem says, "Lies lechalilakim." And if that's the case, so it would be a safeguard against the Vayrizar. The Gemara tells us David Amalek felt when he had nothing else to act as a reminder of who he was, so he had the bris. And therefore, Avraham wants to share the bris with Pnei Ktar. That he feels is going to be the safeguard against them forgetting or not keeping, not holding on to the secret he gave them or misinterpreting it. And that's why it's not for nothing that Mila and Yechni, the name for the source of, or the force of Kishuf, of wizardry, of magic, which they, which misled them is the same. Because the Kayach of the Mila could have overcome that. And that's why the Bnei Ketura were really chayav in Bris Mila. They were part of that covenant, they were meant to be part of that covenant too. The MS is in the future that Chachma, like all Chachma, will be brought back. And just like Shleim HaMelech in his time, same thing we know in the future also, the Melech HaMashiach will bring back the, all the Chachma, including the Chachma that Abraham Avinu taught and got lost and became misinterpreted as the sorcery or as the Abba Zara of the Bnei Kedem of the East and show how that was also part of the Torah which Avram gave the code for and wasn't understood. And that will be the time when Avram's dream will eventually be fulfilled. A time when the whole world will come to recognition of their money and Hashem.